caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 a.m. for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Bimi because it's informative, educative and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this fresh episode of Ask the Pediatrician Hour. I am Bimi Salaboide, I am a pediatrician and I'm the CEO of Ask the Pediatricians Foundation and I'm your anchor for today's uh, program. And today, just like what we normally do on Ask the Pediatrician Hour, we'll be talking about another important topics that have to do with the health of our children. And today we're going to be talking about diphtheria. Um, don't know whether you've heard of the word diphtheria before, but just stick with us and then you're going to learn everything you need to know about diphtheria, which is one of the vaccine preventable diseases. All right, so I just want to say thank you so much for joining us from whichever platform you're watching or listening to me today, whether you're watching on our YouTube channel, ATP TV, thank you. Uh, if you're watching on our Facebook page or Facebook groups, uh, thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening on Fresh Waves Radio or you're listening on the podcast, Access of Baby ATP podcast, uh, to say thank you so much for joining me today and remember this program is brought to you by Ask the Pediatricians Foundation on Ask the Pediatricians Foundation we're committed to the health and the welfare of all children globally but especially in Nigeria and sub-Saharan Africa where over um, 5 million children still die every year from largely preventable causes. And our mission on active pediatrician is to see that number reduced uh, to the point where no child dies from what is largely preventable. And we do that through our programs uh, online, uh, such as the one you're listening to right now. We also have a very big and thriving Facebook group, active pediatrician Facebook group, where you can ask questions about the health of your children from Mondays to Saturday. And even if you have any questions based on today's program, feel free to head over to our Facebook group. Uh, we have a over 715,000 strong uh, Facebook group uh, members. So you definitely will not miss our Facebook group when you get on Facebook. Just type in Ask the Pediatricians and you can join the group and you are free to post your questions. Even if you want to ask your question anonymously, we have that option there as well. And the difference between our group and any other platform is that the answer you're going to get to the health question you ask are going to be from a pediatrician's perspective from healthcare professionals' uh, views. So you can trust them and you can take them to the bank. So that is a, is a specialized group. And so you're welcome. And a lot of parents have found the group very, very helpful in their journey towards uh, ensuring that their children are healthy and that their children do not die from things that are largely uh, preventable. Of course, you can also read about all these conditions and all these topics on our website, www.axipediatricians.com. And we're also on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. So feel free to follow us so that you can learn more about 
things that will help you to care for your children. However, beyond what we do online, we also do offline community medical outreaches. And for those who are watching, you can see behind me, I have got the banner of our next outreach, which is our HTP Schools First Aid Care Project. We are going to go to our schools and we're going to empower our students in secondary schools with the knowledge of first aid care and we're also going to share to them reminder cards and tips and calendar we're also going to donate first aid boxes to the school we are planning to reach one million students this in one year and we hopefully will continue this for a couple of years until we reach every secondary school students in nigeria and every secondary school in nigeria so we really really appreciate if you can partner with us uh, we are on global giving which is the largest crowdfunding source uh, for nonprofits in the world. So feel free to go to our global giving page and to donate. And also you can donate directly to our accounts on Accident Foundation accounts number, both in Naira and in dollars. And if you have um, uh, organizations or co uh, corporate bodies that want to partner with us, we are very happy. So feel free to reach us on our WhatsApp number or our mobile number. And also you can send us an email at axipediatricians.com. Uh, so this is what we do offline. And we also do all the uh, programs like that. Uh, so we welcome volunteers. We welcome support financially in kind to help us achieve our mission. So thank you so much for being parts of our mission and we look forward to that day where we'll come back and give you feedback and that our child mortality rate has drastically reduced or gone down to zero which is the ultimate uh, goal all right so thank you so much welcome and today like i said we'll be talking about diphtheria all right uh so diphtheria is a what is so i'm going to look, use some outlines to describe what i'm going to be talking about uh first what is diphtheria so diphtheria is a bacterial infection and like i said in my first introduction it's one of those vaccine preventable diseases and the reason why i would like to talk about it now is that we are currently having outbreak, diphtheria outbreak in Nigeria. And so I felt that this is another opportunity to remind ourselves that these conditions, these vaccine preventable diseases, though we've been winning the battle against them for a while, but they've not gone. And that's because um, I was listening to the, uh, the Director General for uh, NCDC, that's the Nigeria Center for Disease Prevention and Control, and they found out that majority of the children who are having these outbreaks were children who were not fully immunized. More than 97% of them were not fully immunized. So uh, these are conditions that we should not be having because we have uh, vaccines that can prevent these conditions. But a lot of children are coming down with diphtheria outbreak in Nigeria. And a lot of them, you know, it's a very terrible condition that can lead to death. And we don't want to lose our children. So this the time for us to remind ourselves about diphtheria, what it is, and the fact that we actually have a potent uh, uh, agent to prevent diphtheria. So diphtheria is a bacterial infection. The name of the bacterium causing it is, we call it Corinobacterium diphtheria, uh, but don't worry about that jargon. It's just a bacterial infection. And the bad thing about the steroids is that the kind of infection it causes affects the airway uh, and it starts small, but within two to five days, you know, the children may have a look like sore throat and fever. And before you know it, it causes something around the throat which can block the airway and that can lead to uh, death. So it tends to present with um, 
backing cough and all that. And it can also cause all the complications because this bacterium, uh, Corinobacterium diphtheria, produces some toxins uh, which can go into the blood and affect other organs, including the heart, including the muscles, including the nerves. So you say it's a very terrible uh, organism or germ, if you ask me. And I think there's a time we had an outbreak and a lady actually lost all her three children due to this. I mean, it's so horrible. It's so horrible. But again, it's a condition that is preventable. And all these children were not immunized. And that is why they ended up having... Um, the severe diphtheria uh, infection, and they end up dying. So this is a, this is a this is not just uh, one of those vaccine preventable diseases that maybe just cause fever and rashes and then it will go away. Diphtheria is actually a very horrible one because it can affect virtually all the organs in the body through the toxin that it produces or the poison that it produces, and that can really cause a lot of problem. And so we're going to talk about it so that we uh, kind of get ourselves informed about it and then we can see what we can do uh, to avoid and to treat or to prevent it. All right, so how does people get diphtheria? How does it get? So like some of these other respiratory infections, uh, kind of things. They are usually caused by droplets. So it's a very contagious disease. So if somebody has diphtheria and the cough or the sneeze, all those droplets goes into the hair. And if other people who are not immunized against diphtheria, they uh, inhale that, then they can, you know, catch the infection. It can also be spread to contact with clothes and objects that are contaminated with those droplets. So it's an airborne uh, infection. If you put it where you can also get it from contacts with people uh, that, you know, that, uh, that have come in contact with where the droplets have uh, settled. All right. So uh, diphtheria is how do we diagnose children who have uh, diphtheria. So it's a, um, a condition that presents with certain symptoms. And like I said, uh, the, um, the symptoms can, it can affect virtually any organ in the body. And because it can affect virtually any organ in the body, you can imagine that the symptoms will be um, varied, okay? But the most common path the most common part of the body that is involved in diphtheria is the respiratory tract, okay? And um, that's the part where we, we tend to pick it up first. And usually diphtheria can cause um, swelling of the lymph nodes around the neck. And so just children will have this swollen neck. We call it bull neck, you know, and that is one of the symptoms that uh, those who have diphtheria May have. So a child is becoming sick, maybe with fever, then sore throat, and the next thing, the neck is so swollen, you know, then that is a child who may likely have uh, diphtheria. So then the children may also complain of weakness. They can, of course, most of them will have fever, and then they also have. Um, those swollen glands. And like I said, diphtheria can also. Uh, produce a, a, a toxin that can, of course, what we call a membrane, like something that is a thick coating uh, along the hairway. And this thick coating can cause cover the nose, the tonsils, the voice box, and the throat, and make it very hard for those who have diphtheria to breathe, and also make it very hard for them to swallow. And that is when they have 
what we call the airway obstruction, and that's because it's that you can imagine if your airway is blocked and hair cannot get down, or you know, you cannot breathe properly. Definitely, that's a, a dangerous thing. Also, like we said, the diphtheria uh, toxin can also get into the skin and it can also get into the bloodstreams, and when it gets into the bloodstream, it goes to all the organs in the body. So it can go, you know, it can affect the heart and cause heart failure. It can affect the nerves and cause paralysis. It can affect the kidney and cause the kidney failure. So it's a very, very, um, very, very terrible, terrible uh, uh, condition. It can also affect the skin. Interestingly, you know, it can affect the skin and cause ulcer, you know, like wounds all over uh, the the skin. So this is um, uh, what uh, uh, um, diphtheria can can cause in in children mostly, and of course it can affect anyone, including adults. But when we talk about diphtheria, we are mostly referring to uh, the children and. And that those are the signs that we tend to see. And when you see those signs, then you know that this child may have diphtheria, and then you need to take the child to the hospital and for proper diagnosis. Uh, the diagnosis of diphtheria is not difficult for the doctors because the signs are always very obvious and it really is the respiratory type well we can say but we also have to take history you know of you know uh as this child being immunized especially the immunization history is very important and we can actually take uh a swab so once we see the backing cough we see the fever the sore throat uh with if you can see the membrane you know when we see all those common signs and symptoms and then we we can see the membrane we can see all those signs then we will suspect that oh this may be diphtheria and especially if we get the history of when there's a diphtheria outbreak for example like we're currently having in some parts of the country and apart from that we get history of the fact that this child has not been immunized and then then it is and then we can take a swab and send it to the laboratory usually we take from the nose or the throat and then we will be or if it's a child that has the wound type the hosta type on the skin we'll be able to also take a swab from that and send it to the lab it's a bacteria it will usually grow and then we can confirm it and you know and that way we will know that this child definitely as diphtheria. However, most time, once we suspect diphtheria, we're not going to wait for the confirmation results to come before we start treating because diphtheria can cause deaths. It's a very, very fatal condition, especially if it is causing the severe respiratory and other organs involvement. So we have to start treating them immediately. So if a child has diphtheria, it's not something you joke around with. We have to start treatment. And luckily, we have treatment for diphtheria. Uh, we have what we call the antitoxin. So because like you said, like we said in the introductory part, most of the symptoms, most of the features is due to the toxin, the poison that this corinum bacterium diphtheria releases. And so we have to give something, what we call an antitoxin, to neutralize the, the toxin. And that will help, you know, and it's very important really for the respiratory type of the diphtheria. So when we're treating diphtheria, we're working at two hands where we need to neutralize the toxin that's already going on in the blood. And then we also need to kill the bacteria that is producing the toxin. So we have the antitoxin to neutralize the toxin of diphtheria bacteria. And then we also have to give antibiotics, usually erythromycin, to kill the 
bacterial itself that is producing the toxin and causing all these symptoms. Uh, like I said, uh, diphtheria is very contagious, but it's really most contagious in the first two days, the first 48 hours. And so after that, uh, they will not be able to infect others after they start taking the antibiotics within uh, for six hours of taking antibiotics, you will not be able to infect others. But it is important that you still complete the antibiotics treatment, whether it's five days, seven, depending on the type of antibiotics, it's very important that they complete the antibiotics so that if they can complete the antibiotics, um, we're sure that the bacteria is completely gone and so that it's it's not going to produce toxin and does not have effect. So sometimes we actually have to check again, like through the cultures and all that, the swabs to make sure that this person is completely free from the uh, bacteria, uh, bacteria. So that's what we normally do. All right, so that is talking about the treatment. So the most important thing is to make sure we pick it up on time and treat it on time before we have complications, okay? And that this is where the bottom line of Everything is not malaria typhoid, okay? So most children um, that will die from this condition are children who have what look like fever and sore throats. And sometimes people take it for, oh, it's uh, cough and catar, then oh, I'll just give vitamin C. You know, it's not going to kill uh, diphtheria or it's uh, malaria typhoid, which is a common favorite diagnosis of most Nigerians. And my goal is to remind us that our children, there are many, many things that can cause um, think, uh, cause infection in children. So everything is not malaria typhoid. And some of these conditions also present uh, like malaria and uh, the, with the symptoms of fever and all that. But they don't necessarily mean the child has uh, malaria. So we should, which is why we need to be uh, very conscious that we don't just assume everything is malaria, everything is typhoid, or everything is sore throat, and we just um, um, uh, overlook it. So especially if you are living in Nigeria right now, especially in the northern part of the country, your child is having fever, sore throat, your neck or swollen, please, uh, your child may be having diphtheria because we have an outbreak, and we even have some outbreak in some Western countries recently as well. So it is not just an African thing. For those of you who are listening to me, maybe in the UK, US, uh, we, it's really in the Europe we've had some outbreak recently. So that is what everybody still needs to be on guard about this uh, uh, condition. So let's talk about the complications. Um, like I said, um, the complications of diphtheria are quite many because it's not just a an infection that stays in one place because it's producing toxins that can get into the blood and then can affect virtually all the organs, the hearts, the kidneys, you know, the nerves. So it's a very terrible and dangerous um, condition. So what are the complications? Because sometimes the treatment for the diphtheria and the toxins is easy, but sometimes the complications are more difficult to deal with. Okay, if somebody's having heart failure, somebody's having renal failure, they can die from that, not even from the diphtheria itself. So what are the complications of children who have diphtheria? They can have block of their airway. So that membrane that I said can form, uh, it can block the airway. And if it blocks the airway, that's it. So there's no way oxygen can get to the body and the person is going to die from lack of oxygen or what we call hypoxia. So this is something we don't really want to happen, but it's a complication. And that's why I hope you are beginning to understand along with me why we have to talk about diphtheria and why diphtheria is a very, very terrible disease. Of course, it can cause what we call myocarditis, uh, which is like damage to the heart, to the muscles of the heart. So it can cause that toxin can go to the heart, 
damage the heart muscle. And you can imagine the heart is an organ that doesn't rest. The heart is an organ that the muscle is continually beating 24-7 every day of your life. And so if anything affects the muscles of the heart, it's going to lead to the heart failing to do its job. And again, that's a very terrible thing to happen. So it can cause myocarditis, uh, damage to the heart muscles. It can cause what we call polyneuropathy, which is damage to the nerves. You know, it can cause a lot of nerve damage and um, that will cause a lot of, you know, whatever those nerves uh, function are, are going to be impaired. They are going not to be able to function properly. Of course, like we mentioned, it can cause kidney failure as well. And so sometimes it's not just even the treatment of the bacteria that we're just giving antibiotics or giving antitoxins. Sometimes we have to now deal with all the complications of this. And that those ones may even be more difficult to handle and difficult to deal with. So, um, especially the respiratory kind of diphtheria, which cause airway blockade, it's, it can cause death. So obviously, ultimate complication is death. And so you see, these are what we call terrible uh, fatal vaccine preventable diseases. Diphtheria is one of them. In those days when we don't have the vaccine, a lot of people will die. And But thank God we now have something to do with it. And of course, even with treatment, even with treatment, which is what uh, I think the bottom line, even when we are treating it, some children will still die. And I, I can still vividly remember the, the worst case scenario we had when I was a resident doctor then. And we had this mom who has, no, I wasn't a resident, I think I was a consultant in Lutz then. And we have this mom who has three children and we lost all those three children. And they all had diphtheria. I mean, it's so terrible terrible situation you know so these things can happen have seen it happened you know so but we it is something that should never happen in the first instance there's no reason why any child should die from diphtheria because we have the vaccine against diphtheria we can treat diphtheria but the best thing is for it not to happen at all because like i said even with treatments one in um, one in 10 people who have respiratory diphtheria are still going to die. So it's not something that should be happening. So how do we prevent diphtheria? Because, and I think that's the most important thing, which is what's really, really we should be talking about. We don't want a child to even have diphtheria to start with. Um, we don't want you to even have it. So it's best to not to have it rather than to have it. And we are now racing against time and we're not sure whether we're going to save or we're going to lose the child. So the most important thing and the most important thing in terms of prevention of diphtheria is vaccine vaccination you know diphtheria as a vaccine and that is the d so those of you who are used to what we call dpt vaccine but now we call it penta vaccine and some people have even exa or some even have epta vaccine depending on which country you are in nigeria we have the penta vaccine and pepta vaccines has five vaccines in them the first one is the D, which is the diphtheria vaccine. So you have the diphtheria, you have the pertussis, you have the tetanus, and then you have the hemophilus influenza type B, and you have the hepatitis B vaccine. Those five vaccines have been put together in one, and they are given to our children at six weeks, 10 weeks and 14 weeks. So there are three doses that we need to take. And ideally, in an ideal world, we should also have what we call booster doses, um, maybe later on, around 18 months, uh, five years and all that. In Nigeria, currently, we don't have boosters. Uh, as part of our national program on immunization, the Pediatric Association of Nigeria and pediatricians, we've been lobbying and working with the government uh, to see that these boosters are had 
started uh, to our national program on immunization. Uh, but currently, at least, we have the three doses that we give us six weeks, 10 weeks, and 14 weeks. Unfortunately, because these vaccines are the ones that parents have to take multiple times, some parents don't go for them. All right, and sometimes parents fail because when people get penta vaccine or DPT in those days, it's, it's an intramuscular injection and it tends to give uh, children fever and it tends to cause swelling. And of course, some children also react to it and you may have convulsions and all that. So because of those side effects, some parents are very reluctant to go back for the 10 weeks and the 14 weeks doses uh, please i want to use this opportunity to plead with you to say you must go for those immunizations and you must take all of them all right because your child is not fully protected by taking only one dose and this is not the time we should forget oh i forgot please program your phone to remind you of your children's immunizations. I think some hospitals also, they always write the dates in our cards and all that. It's very important that we take these immunizations. If we take these vaccines, then our children will not have diphtheria. You know, remember, remember all the terrible, terrible side effects uh, or complications of diphtheria, including death. So um, it's not a joke. Children die from diphtheria and it's one of the causes of our uh, over a million deaths of children below the age of five is one of the reasons why Nigeria was sit up in the charts in terms of child mortality under the age of five in the entire world. And the only way we can reduce these deaths, which is one of the things we work hard for on ATP, is for us to take our children for these immunizations. And like I always tell us, these immunizations, you are getting them for free, but they are not cheap. The government is paying for them. Somebody has to pay for them. They are very expensive. So if the government has made efforts, pay for this immunization. And the only thing we need to do as parents is just to take our children and take them for the immunization. I guess that's the least thing that we can do. So if we understand these uh, dynamics and we understand how terrible it is um, for these children to um uh, so if they have diphtheria, then I don't see any reason why any child should not be immunized. I see answered a question yesterday on our Facebook group of a woman who recently adopted a child who is six years old, and that child has never been immunized. I mean, never been immunized. So if you have a child like that, let me remind you that you can still take them for immunization. And um, DPC is something, or PENTA is something we can still give to children, even even if they are already five years old and all of you have missed it, you can go for it. And if you are living in an area where we currently have an outbreak, I will encourage you to uh, take your children for those immunization. I'm sure the health centers in your community would have been uh, doing a lot of sensitization and reminding people and inviting people to come for those immunizations. So please go for them. And sometimes if there's an outbreak, we may decide to go around and immunize everybody again because we just want everybody to be protected because some people may have been protected but the immunity may have waned you know because this uh is sometimes one of those vaccines that when they give you you are not protected for life the level of protection tends to fall over time so that's why we give booster doses uh so ideally it's recommended that we give booster 18 months and we give us five years even some give us uh adolescent 11 12 years so um whichever one is available but make sure at least you get the basic 6 10 and 14 weeks uh diphtheria vaccine it is given as part of the painter vaccine so if we give our children this immunization then they are not likely going to have uh diphtheria in addition to the vaccination if anybody who has come in contact with somebody who has diphtheria we also need to give them antibiotics so that we can quickly kill the bacteria before it begins to cause harm so those who uh family members household contacts school classmates or whatever of anybody who has had diphtheria they also need to be treated uh 
we give them what we call prophylactic antibiotics, even though they are not sick, but we give them antibiotics acts prevention that's what we meant by that and we also have to monitor them usually we monitor them for seven to ten days uh to make sure because that's the what we call incubation period so if you have the bacteria before you begin to show signs it may take up to seven to ten days so we give you antibiotics make sure you don't have it but we also have to monitor you just in case and sometimes we have to even test you as well you know test it do a swab of the nose or the throat and then we give you additional booster dose of the diphtheria vaccine so that is those are the things that we normally uh, do to pre I mean to prevent it from those who already have contacts uh, with those who already have diphtheria and it's the job of NC NCDC and the local governments and all that to make sure that they let us know if there's an outbreak and you know support the local government, the Ministry of Health, State Ministry of whatever, and to make sure that we quickly bring it under control so that it does not spread them more. All right. So for those of you who are just joining me, have been talking about uh, diphtheria. Uh, diphtheria is one of those what we call vaccine preventable diseases. I decided to talk about uh, diphtheria today because we are beginning to see some outbreak, especially in Nigeria currently. And we also have some outbreaks in some parts of uh, Europe recently. Uh, so it is something that we all need to know about. And I just want you to go do something for me today. Uh, go look for your child's immunization card and check whether your child already has those vaccines given. So check on that, the six weeks, 10 weeks. So usually when our children are given vaccines, they will, they will sign and take it that your child has taken those vaccines. So I want you to go check there for me and make sure that your child has already have these vaccines given. And if you go to your card and realize that maybe you didn't go for your appointment or your child has never been given those vaccines, please take your child to the health center, explain to them, I mixed these vaccines or I took only one dose, I didn't complete it. Or I took two doses, I didn't go for the third one because I forgot or I was busy with one thing or the other. No blame. We will give your child the vaccine again. We will top it up, okay? If you have any difficulty with the S center and all that, please, please uh, speak to the doctor on ground. Ask that you want to speak to the medical officer or you go to a general hospital. Just go to a place where somebody will listen to you because I know some of our S <laughs> center uh, staff, some of them, and um, they may not really understand some of these things and think, okay, because your child already passed that age, then we don't give it again. No, your child can still be given. So if, we, if they don't want to give to you, please let us know so that we can talk to them. And then we, you have to make sure that your child uh, gets this uh, vaccine. And even once your child gets the vaccine, then, you know, you can be sure that your child is protected. And if you are living in some parts of the country where there's currently an outbreak and people come to your house and say we have to immunize you or immunize your child or we're going to give you this or that please don't say oh my child has immunized before so my child doesn't need it again no please still let them give the children the vaccine like i said we give boosters when there are outbreak we call them supplementary immunization so that the child will not um uh, we can increase the immunity in the community, increase the immunity of the children because it may have gone down and so they are still at risk of catching it. And we are hoping and we are praying, we are working hard to make sure that our children start to get the boosters in Nigeria. We are organization, uh, even though currently it ends at 15 months, like I always said, those of us that have come to ACP or gone to our website, there are vaccines beyond 15 months and there are booster vaccines that we should be giving to our children as well. But I guess the government has not been encouraged by the fact that even the one that is routine, some of us have not taken it. <laughs> 
okay? Even the one that is just supposed to take assistant for the same week, some of us have not taken it. And the I think our coverage is so low. In some places, the coverage of DPT-3, which is the third dose of the vaccine, um, is as low as 18%, you know? That means that some people, at, at the time, they, most of us tend to take the BCG and the one at birth because you just have your baby, we give it to you even before you leave. But by the time we're getting to the one of coming back assistant for some weeks, the figures begin to fall. And it's really those of us in northern Nigeria. And I know because there are lots of... Um, uh, meet. Maybe I should spend the rest of the time to address that because I think the issue why our children, diphtheria uh, is having is because many of us are not taking immunization. And the reason why some of us are not taking immunization is because of all the beliefs, all the myths. I have one of my friends who is a pediatrician who told me their father didn't immunize any of them, you know, and I was like, really? <laughs> pediatrician, you should go get immunized, you know. So, um, and why? Why? Because some parents have witnessed uh, what we call horrible reaction to vaccines or immunization. And because of that, they are so scared and you don't want that to happen to the children. I mean, we understand that. But I just want to reassure you today that, uh, of course, there are, I can't say that there is zero uh, percent of reactions, vaccine, but it is so, so, so rare. Like it is 0 0.00000, maybe like one in one million children, maybe one in five million. We give vaccines every day all over the world. Millions of children are immunized every blessed day. But we don't have a lot of reaction, maybe one in one million children. So we, and then that's why when we also give immunization, we are ready. So I always tell mothers, when you go for immunization, please don't take vaccine and be rushing home. You should wait maybe another 15, 30 minutes. Let them just observe. Because the immunization centers, we are prepared with all these, uh, what we call um, uh, anti-allergy, anti-aphylaxis drugs. So if a child is going to react, we can quickly you know, deal with the reaction. So don't be scared. I, oh, I'm afraid my child is going to react to immunization. The risk of this. So I always say, for us in medicine, we talk about benefit versus risk, okay? So we always look at those, the benefits outweigh the risk. In other words, if you don't give your child immunization and your child gets diphtheria, what will happen? the chances the child would die is one in 10, that's 10%. Whereas if you give your child immunization, the chances that your child will react to vaccine is 0 0.0000000, you know, maybe 1%. So you can see that the benefits of your child getting immunized far, far, far outweigh the risk of side effects or immunization reaction far far outweighs and you know so and like i said if a child has immunization reaction we are always there to quickly deal with it and most children will be fine they won't die you know of course once you know again very very rare you may have one you will be dead or something but most children will take the vaccine and they'll be fine you know but whereas if they don't take the vaccine and they have diphtheria majority of them are going to die from that so it's better to take immunization, all right? So don't be scared of immunization reaction. Please go for the immunization. That's number one. Number two, if your child, DPT immunization is a deep intramuscular injection of the pentas. They'll give it deep into the muscle. And because it's given too deep into the muscle, the children usually bleed into the muscle. So there is okay for them to have some swelling or redness on that day of the immunization. And it tends to give them fever as well because what we're doing is that we're introducing all those germs uh, in a controlled version. That is what immunization is all about. And we expect the body to react, to produce antibodies as if your child has been infected or the child has not been infected. So the antibodies is ready so that in case the child now gets exposed, the body is going to fight and the child is not going to have the disease. So sometimes that reaction, you know, make the body to them to have fever. So it's okay for you to give your children 
paracetamol. So you can give them paracetamol for the first two, three days after the immunization. And you can give paracetamol every six hours. So before you give the hospital, ask the nurses or the healthcare workers, how much of paracetamol syrup should I give to my child? Usually it depends on the weight of your children. And if you don't know the weight, just go by what is written on the pack. They will say maybe children from two, three months to six months, give this amount of volume you can go with that. If you if you want to know based on the weight, you can ask us or ask them at the health center. But just make sure you have your prestamol already. Uh, Some also like to give ibuprofen. I'm not very comfortable with ibuprofen because ibuprofen you have to give it with food, and sometimes some children will not have eaten and all that. They may be a bit forced. So don't make sure you can breastfeed them. But if you can't. If you don't want to do proofing, do paracetamol. Paracetamol, you can give it on empty tummy. You shouldn't don't need to eat before you give paracetamol. So you can give paracetamol. You can repeat your paracetamol every six hours. And that is it. So that will take care of the fever. In terms of the swelling from the bleeding into the muscle, please do not massage it. Do not put kerosene. Do not put uh close up do not put nothing on it okay what you need to put on it is just ice pack so you can just get some you know those ice cubes that you used to put in your drink just get like three or four of them wrap them in an handkerchief and tie it and then just put it gently on that area where the swelling is just put it maybe one two three four five six ten ten seconds take it off then put it again, just put it like that intermittently. You know, the idea is to, it will stop the bleeding and then gradually the swelling will go down. Please do not massage. Most of us tend to massage. When you massage an area that is bleeding, you're going to make it bleed more. So the swelling is going to go higher. Two, some of us, the hands that we're using to massage and all those other things we're using to massage, they're full of jams. Then you introduce bacteria or germs into that swelling of blood then you're going to cause infection so those children will not start having what we call cellulitis the place will be hard will be painful will be red will be hot and then that is now cellulitis so sometimes you will, you will start seeing it gathering pus so that is now an abscess and then that's another problem because you now have to go to the hospital we now have to give the children antibiotics and we now have to drain house the pulse all those should not have happened if you have done the right thing. So the right thing to do is to just apply high spark intermittently and give your children paracetamol. And be very gentle. Usually children, when they've just had those immunizations, they are very cranky and you know so just be gentle with the handling of the legs don't just be flinging them throwing them up and you know it, the children's legs are a little bit tender or painful so just be gentle carry them gently be very mindful of that leg for the next two three days be very mindful apply your high spark intermittently when you are awake you don't have to do it when you're sleeping just intermittently and give them paracetamol just do that for the next two three days they'll be fine the area may feel hard you know, for a few for weeks after that, but that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it being feeling hard. The hardness is the bleeding that has now become uh, that has now solidified, and the body is going to. It's just like when you have a bleeding and you have a scar, a scab. You know, that is what has happened inside the muscle. It will eventually, you know, dissolve over time. You don't need to worry about that. And that does not mean you should not go for the ten weeks immunization. When it is ten weeks, go again. Some say the place is still hard. So, so where would they give the next one? They will find a place to give it. Okay, so go for the next immunization. They will give it. There are lots of spaces on the muscle in the thigh. So we usually give it on the thighs. So they will give it again. Make sure you go for the six weeks one, go for the 10 weeks one, go for the 14 weeks one. You are saving your child from diphtheria, which is a very, very terrible killer vaccine preventable disease so no child in nigeria no child in the world should die from diphtheria and we have the prevention there's no reason why we should be dealing with treating diphtheria when we can prevent diphtheria by making sure that our children are well immunized so thank you so much for listening if you still want to if you have questions about diphtheria about immunization or any topic whatsoever about the health of your children feel free to go to our facebook group ask the pediatricians facebook group and post that question there and myself and my colleagues will try our best to answer your questions 
as soon as possible. You can also send me an email at drbemisola at askthepediatricians.com or you can send me an email at askthepediatricians at gmail.com and we'll also try and respond to your email. Also, thank you so much for joining us and I think for the next few weeks, I'll be taking each of the vaccine preventable diseases and talking about them. i just trying to create awareness, helping us understand why we don't need our children to go through these terrible diseases or even die from them. All we need to do is to make sure we take them in for the immunization, which is available for free and it's available in your aid centers all over uh, Nigeria and any local government. So in whichever country you have, just go to your doctors and they will tell you how you can get this immunization. And don't think, uh, I know there are lots of anti-vaccines, anti-vaxxers and spreading rumors and lies all over the place. Please, 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 please. And this is why we're having outbreak of diphtheria in countries like UK, where we've not had it forever, where we think by now we should never have it again because of people announcing, I don't want to take my children for immunization. Please don't listen to those uh, people, your children should be protected from death. And it is only a child who is alive that you can worry about all the other things they are talking about. And vaccine remains safe. It is one of the most uh, cost-effective public health intervention. It does not cause autism. It does not cause any uh, harm. So please feel free and to go for immunization. And if your child has allergies to any part, there's a way we will ask you and we will know and then we can deal with that, all right? So thank you so much for listening to me today. Uh, remember, you can watch all the past episodes still on the same channel where you're watching or listening to right now. And of course, remember our ATP Schools First Aid Care Project. Uh, we really, really want to appreciate you if you can support us and nothing is too small. Even if it's 1,000 Naira, that will give us 10 cards. Or maybe it's 2,000 Naira, that will give us maybe four calendars for the schools. Or maybe it's even 20,000 Naira, that will help us to produce a first aid box to one school. And remember, we're going to about 1 million students this year. And we are hoping to reach about 7.5 million students by the end of the fifth year. You know, And hopefully, we would have gone through all the over 5,000 secondary schools that we have in the country, in every state of the country. We have ATP chapters in all the states, including the federal federal uh, capitals, Abuja. So we really, really, really appreciate your support. And like I say, if you are a corporate organization that you want to partner with us, please reach out to us on our email or WhatsApp, and we can see how uh, we can work together to make sure that all our children are well empowered with the right information and all this we're doing to make sure that we don't have preventable deaths of children, even adults in our society. So till I come again next week, have a wonderful, wonderful day. And remember, take your children for immunization work together with us to make sure that no child dies from diphtheria. Bye. Are you a mother, father, or you are involved in caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 a.m. For insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Bemi because it's informative, educative, and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents.